The Murray State Basketball Podcast is brought to you by the Murray Flower Company. If you're in Callaway County and need flowers, the best place to go is the Murray Flower Company. Whether you're celebrating a new arrival, the life of a loved one, or any point in between, the Murray Flower Company has you covered. Visit them on the square in Murray at 403 Maple Street or online at murrayflowercompany.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Murray State Basketball Podcast. Tuesday, February the 7th, as later on tonight, Murray State will try to officially, if if at all humanly possible, uh, wipe the taste out of their mouth coming out of Saturday's uh, thumping at Indiana State with a big test at home against the Drake Bulldogs, round two with Drake after uh, they lost... In Des Moines, of course, in that uh, Iowa swing, the racers went on uh, back in early January, 82-64. Racers lost there January 7th, one month ago. So uh, Murray State tried to get back on the winning track tonight. We'll talk about Drake coming up in a little bit. We talked the other day uh, about sort of the yo-yo feeling of this season for Murray and a lot of it just being they don't they have not been able to get on a run of any kind. I mean Murray State's longest winning streak of the season is two games. Their longest losing streak of the season is two games. Uh, and that's ultimately why you look back and you see they're 13 and 11. It's just been a lot of you know, one step forward, one step back all year long and when I looked I looked up when the last time the Racers had a season where they did not have a three-game winning streak. And you have to go back to Ron Green's first year, 1978-79 season, 44 years ago, uh, when that team went 4-22. and 22. Let me just double-check that. I believe that is 4-22 and 22 coming out of the Fred Overton era. Yeah, 4-22 and 22 in 78-79. So, it's funny about these first years. Sometimes things can go a little bit sideways. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the... We'll get into another thought experiment coming up in a little bit. The one, the one main thing that I spent last night digging through was trying to figure out if there is a smoking gun as to why this team plays so significantly different at home as opposed to on the road. Because that is, I mean, obviously that is the um, that is the absolute mystery of this season. Uh, they are 8-6 and six in conference. Uh, they are... Two and five on the road. They are six and one at home. Uh, road wins. I mean, that's it. I mean, those are the only two road wins they they've had all year. Uh, were were the at Valpo win in overtime, and then at Evansville. So you're looking at, you know, two and five in conference, and then out of conference, you lose at Middle, you lose at Bellarmine, you lose at Chattanooga. You lose at slew. So I mean, you're looking two at nine. Just, just don't know. 
just don't know what it is, do not know what it is. And, and as we have seen, um, in some instances, those have been some of the worst. It's not only that they get beat, those are some of the worst performances of the year. I mean, it's easy to forget here when you look back. You know, that's fine. SLU was SLU. I, I still, you know, SLU, they got beat by 23, and I don't think that was that bad. You know, there was that, there was the quick little two minute burst, I think, in the first half and the second half that pretty much made up all the 23 points. Uh, you know, they only lose it by 11 at Bellarmine, but they played awful at Bellarmine. You know, lost by 16 at Middle Tennessee. They played awful at Middle Tennessee. And then we've seen at Belmont and at Indiana State and at Drake was another just not good performance. So there, there have been there have been many where it's just the bottom has fallen out. And as I look at, you know, just trying to see, there's not really, because of course it would have been just too easy, that just looking in conference, there has not necessarily been a, there's not really that smoking gun. You know, I mean, in terms of, you know, we, we can talk about offense, and I don't think that in the end is going to, um, you know, that hasn't really been the problem, I don't think, this year. It's, it's where the defense kind of falls falls apart on the road is where, uh, you know, is where things have gone wrong. You know, at home, again, these are just in-conference numbers. You know, at home, they give up 68.3 points per game. On the road, they're giving up 76.4. I mean, that's an eight-point difference. And then not to mention, you know, 82 at Drake, 80 at Belmont, 99 at Indiana State. Uh, you know, sort of the the blanket number. Like, you're not giving up 80 on the road in this league and and winning. You're not. But when you're averaging 76.5, that makes it pretty tough on a night-in-night-out basis uh, to be able to go steal one. Offensively, you know, racers shoot 47% from the field at home, only 42% uh, on the road. Actually, a better three-point shooting team on the road. I think maybe one of the most significant numbers is they do not get to the free-throw line away from the CFSB Center. Right now, they're averaging about 21 free-throw attempts per game at home. But that drops to fewer than 16 on the road. So, I mean, it's about a five, five free-throw attempt difference may not seem like a lot but as we have seen night in night out in these games uh margin for error is so thin in so many of them that you know even just a little bit uh can certainly knock things off kilter opponents in murray shoot 42 and a half percent when they're at home, they shoot 46.7. So, you know, obviously, as expected, teams teams shoot better at home. Uh, the number that really jumps out is, is three-point shooting. And Murray State, you know, is allowing opponents to shoot 29.9% from three in Murray. That perimeter defense has not traveled. It has not traveled. 29.9 at home, 39.9 on the road. And even if you take out the Indiana State onslaught of their 19 for 38 performance the other night, you eliminate that game, teams are still shooting 37%. So, I mean, it is a 
it is a significant increase. And and what we have seen now, you know, and, and part of it is just quality of opponent. But when you look at made threes, you know, Valpo was, uh, on, and this is when Murray's on the road, Valpo 4 of 18, Evansville 5 of 15. But after that, Drake made 11. Northern Iowa made 10, Belmont made 12, SIU made 10, Indiana State made 19. It is hard to win giving up double-digit threes. It's just hard to do. And, you know, to do that five times on the road, you only do it twice at home. Ironically, when it happened at home, they won both of those games. But uh, that is, if if there's one sort of sneaky smoking gun I suppose it is that perimeter three-point defense that is that's a combination of just not guarding as well and and obviously there's some component of it that you've got teams teams shooting in their own gym and they're comfortable there and they feel better about it but but that is a that is a significant leap uh that makes it uh that certainly making it tough uh to win Individually, just kind of scribbled a couple numbers for a couple of guys. Rob Perry, you know, I mean, he's shooting 44% from from the field at home. That drops to lower than 38% on the road. He's actually a significantly better three-point shooter on the road, 45% as opposed to 30%. Uh, Jamari Smith, I think the significant number for him, especially as the big guy, you know, he's getting to the line. Uh, at home, he gets to the line about four times a night, which maybe you'd still like to see a little bit more. But on the road, that's cut in half. I mean, he's got 25 free throw attempts at home and only 13 on the road. Uh, obviously, there's there are many reasons why getting to the line is important, but that one uh, just not, uh, not helpful and also just not shooting as well. 72% at home, just 61%. On the road, so he's he's not only not getting there, he's just he's not converting as well. Again, sort of the big ironing of all of it. Jacoby Wood just better on the road this year. Field goal percentage up, three point percentage up, free throw percentage up, scoring up. But as we said, them losing on the road is not because they haven't scored enough points. Uh, them losing on the road is has just been uh, ultimately just defensive. Defensive meltdowns, and we got the mother of all meltdowns, certainly on Saturday, uh, giving up that 99-burger at Indiana State and losing by 43 for the worst loss uh, since 1960. I guess to go now to, I guess we had a little little thought experiment or two uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um I guess the thought experiment for today is I feel like I feel like we should have history has shown us that we should have seen this season coming. And from a standpoint of a new coach losing just about everybody off off the year before, off the successful team the year before, and then just trying to 
just doing everything they can to, to keep the car on the road. 2006, McCronin takes Murray to the NCAA tournament for the second time in three years. He leaves. Everybody seems to leave the team. Billy Kennedy comes in. It is a struggle all season. He goes 16 and 14. Steve leaves in 2015. After after that, uh, you know, 25 wins in a row and the, making it to the NIT quarterfinals. That was a very senior-laden team and Cameron Payne going to the NBA. It was like Matt McMahon takes over, starts over with a substantially new team. He goes 17 and 14. And now Matt leaves after a 31 and three year. And everybody leaves. And now you're looking at a team that's 13 and 11. Now, I feel like the thought experiment is if Jim Smith was the head coach, Billy Jones was the head coach, as opposed to Steve Prohm, would there be a little more patience, fan base patience extended, a little more understanding extended? Steve's first run was so impossibly successful, especially that first year, and that it almost feels like there is a section of the fan base. Maybe in the end it's the vocal minority. I don't know. You just, I, I just absorb things and hear things where it's just like, it just feels like there's this frustration because it's almost like they expect him to just wave the magic wand, which worked before on this situation and to have it work exactly again, the same way. And that is, it's kind of bananas. And also I think, I think the under stated part of all of this, Billy Kennedy went 16 and 14 in 2007 and Matt McMahon went 17 and 14 in 2016 in the Ohio Valley Conference the 26th 20 at that time you know 25th 26th 27th best conference in the country Steve this year is sitting at 13 and 11 with an entirely new team in the 12th best conference in the country. I think you could argue that what Steve has done this year to try to hold this thing together and just try to piece this season together is infinitely more, should be infinitely more appreciated and and commended and respected than what, in, in a much tougher situation, night in, night out, than what his, than what Matt and Billy did. And I, 
I'm just, I'm fascinated by people that are like, oh, he doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to yell and, you know, get the guys fired up and this and that. And it's like, have you not watched him coach before? Have you not watched how that's how he does business? When he went 104 and 29 his first four years, he didn't yell ever. I've seen him yell more this year than I think I've seen him saw him yell the first four years combined. It just again goes back to the my long-standing theory that, you know, sports is is like a piece of art. And everybody can look at the exact same thing and just see different things. And some people like what they see and some people hate what they see or frustrated what they see or, or whatever. And that's just the joy of all of it. We talk a lot about, you hear coaches all the time, especially at the mid-major level, that you're like, you want to get old, you want to stay old, because it's experienced teams that win at this level. Murray has a lot of guys that have played games. They've got some experience. But the part part of that that has sort of the great asterisk to it is the experience has to have actually played together. And when you get guys that have played together for years, that is a different animal than they have played together for months. And that is what Murray is still doing. And that is why now 24 games into this season, they at no point in the year have a winning streak longer than two games. Because it is a nightly yo-yo. Now, what happened on Saturday, from an effort standpoint, watching it from the outside, felt pretty inexcusable. It felt pretty inexcusable. Just that urgency... And, and give a damn, as I called it. Uh, just didn't seem like it was there. Tonight with Drake, racers are three, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. I would like to say that we are going to see a different animal from Murray State tonight. You're going to see a different team. It's Greek night at the CFSB Center. That's always one of the best crowds of the year. You get that youthful, enthusiastic energy from the youths all showing up, and it's and it's great. And, and that's why I feel like tonight is kind of one of those, it's one of those pride games. I don't know if Murray can win. I don't know right now, if Murray plays their best game, I don't know if they can win. Because I believe Drake is that good. Drake is finally playing the way we thought Drake was going to play at the beginning of the year. It wasn't long ago, January 4th, they lose at Missouri State. They lose at Southern Illinois. They were 2-3 and three in the conference. Well, they've won 8 of 9 since. They've won 5 in a row. And 8 of 9. Including that win over Murray, 82-64 on January 7th. Now, you remember that game because, again, they came out of 
losing on the road at Missouri State, losing on the road at Southern Illinois, and all the narrative coming out of it, which I didn't feel like was excuse-making. It's just sort of the natural ebbs and flows of a season. Murray walked into that building with no shot to win because Drake was desperate. I mean, the last thing they could afford to do at the time was to fall to 2-4 and four in the race. And they were playing at home, and they just walked into a buzzsaw. And that's what happened. Now, with that said, she's kind of on the other foot tonight. I don't know that Murray is necessarily desperate, but Murray is in a situation of having their manhood challenged after what happened on Saturday. And you're going to play in front of, you know, six, 7,000 people tonight. This is going to be, this is going to be the old lion's den for Drake to walk into tonight. And will Murray be able to rise up and put 40 minutes together and get really a signature win on this season? You want to say, hey, Drake's won eight of nine? Well, you want to pick some nits? You know, it's like, well, they've, you know, they beat Illinois Chicago and they, they beat Evansville and their last two games, they need double overtime. Beat Northern Iowa at home. They needed double overtime to win at Valpo. Maybe they, maybe you get them caught looking ahead a little bit. They're home Saturday. Southern Illinois comes in with a big matchup that could determine a conference championship. There's a lot of these little little intangibles that that roll into tonight. But if there's anything you want to hang your hat on as a Murray State fan, it can't be as bad as Saturday. (laughs) It can't be as bad as Saturday. They have played so well at home this year in comparison. Have the racers. You just have to believe tonight will be especially coming out of that, out of that performance on Saturday that you will get the full-throated effort from this Murray team. I say that, I will also be 0% surprised when they're down 10-2 to 2 and Steve has to call timeout because we've seen that time and time again, even at home. And then it's like, okay, now we'll start playing. And then here they come. 7 o'clock tonight, CFSB Center. If you are unable to make it to the bank... Let's see where we are tonight on the television. It is an ESPN Plus game tonight again. 7 o'clock there at the bank. We will uh, we'll have a ride home for you coming up tonight after the game. As, uh, again, this is those final two games of this eight-game gauntlet. Can the racers hold serve at home and, uh, and sort of be playing with house money when they go to Bradley uh, on Saturday? We will find out uh, soon enough. That does it for this edition of the Murray State Basketball Podcast. You can always subscribe if you haven't done so already. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening, as always, on this Tuesday morning. And we will talk to you tonight after the game. Have a great rest of your day.